<sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends, family, listeners, sponsors, donors, business partners, associates, affiliates. There is a certain group of people in this country, in this country specifically, we're going to deal with the United States of America where I was born and raised. There's a, there's a group in this country that deserves an apology. We are in November 2022. I've taken a little hiatus from doing some shows. My last show, I think, was Labor is What You Make It back in September. I think I didn't do a show in October at all. Um, <clears throat> we'll get to that. But we're in the holiday months. This is November. Thanksgiving is the last Thursday of this month. Then we have Christmas, which is the major one. We have Kwanzaa's. We have New Year's, which is in January. So these Burr months are the months where we're all supposed to be getting together. Family dinners, family reunions. Thanksgiving is probably the only time in a whole calendar year where certain families are actually going to see each other face to face. Or it'll be on Christmas. This is very, very important. Why? Because this show is about a year and a half long. And last year around this time, I did several shows speaking to this audience and use, using this platform for several episodes, speaking specifically about how to deal with families, family members that are diametrically opposed to you and vice versa. We have such differing of opinions and ideologies that it's causing certain rifts and, acrim and acrimony at the dinner table that people aren't even sitting down to eat with each other. The one time a year they actually get to see their family. And I was saying to people, I don't care if you're red or blue. I don't care if you voted donkey or elephant. I don't care if you're for this or against that. Family is going to be the people that are going to be there for you, your family and your friends. I have certain friends of mine that think a certain way. It's not backed up by any evidence or any data. As a matter of fact, the evidence and the data is in contrast to their beliefs. But they're ra they'd rather hold on, hold on steadfast to their belief than the truth. But I know that person has my back. And that person knows that I have their back. I know that Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Hunter Biden or this one or that one or Joan Biden or Trump or Ivanka or, or Melania, none of them have my back. If things get a little rough, I can hit them. I can be, tell a friend, hey, listen, can you hit up my cash app? It's dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. -E or can you hit me up on my Venmo? which is J-U-N-B-E-A-U, -E hit me up, or my Zell, which is JuniorBoBrun at gmail.com, hit me up. <laughs> you like that? I can do that to my friends. I can say, hey, listen, man, I'm in between apartments. That same friend, I'm in between apartments, can I? Or they do that to me. Hey, June, man, I'm in between spots. You know, I'm moving from one spot to another, and I don't want to spend too much money on hotel rooms. 
you, you have an extra bed? And I'm like, dude, of course. What are you talking about? Absolutely. Come hang. We'll make a, we'll make a party of it. That's happened to me before. And this will be a friend who thinks some outlandish things that I think are actually harmful. And I've called them on it. I don't bite my tongue. But that's family. Those are my friends. And a lot of the people I call friends turn into family. We don't have to agree. I don't care. And there's certain things we disagree on. It all depends. We can still be. We can be mad at each other and still be friends. On, on very rare occasions has someone's ideology rubbed me so wrongly that I said, you know what? I think it's important that you go your way and, and I go mine. And that's happened on a couple of occasions. And one of those friends has come back around full circle within the last couple of months. What I'm saying is, people, that last year I said, we got to be able to sit at the table with each other because things are going to get rough. I spoke about inflation. I spoke about the rising cost of A, B, and C last year and even before that. I was telling people that. That you may need to start looking at home ownership a different kind of way. That that three, four bedroom house that you're looking at on the market, there may be two families in that house instead of just one. Real talk. It may not be a multifamily unit, but you guys may have to start thinking in a multifamily communal collective capacity to get through these hard times and share the ownership of these single family homes. I was saying all that last year. So you're, you're working from home. You need to be outside walking your dog with other people. You need to with all, find out who in the community, in your community is working from home. Maybe you guys can share responsibilities. Who's going to the supermarket? Oh, yeah, I know we have DoorDash and Instacart and things like that. Who's going on a lunch break? I have an hour. I'd like to go hang out with somebody because people don't have employees around them anymore. So what's going on is this work from home stuff is causing isolation. So I said, hey, listen, it, 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 you know, not everything is a 100 percent hunky dory when it comes to remote work. People miss interacting with adults, stuff like that. I was saying all of that giving people rudimentary, not getting, not trying to reinvent the wheel, not trying to discover the quark and find out where the quark goes when it, when it, when it leaves our time-space continuum. We weren't going into that. I kept it rudimentary. I kept it fundamental. I kept it family because I can get all highbrow and use a bunch of $50 words, but it comes down to the fundamentals. And I said, listen, people, learn how to navigate through these things that are going on. You may be at a dinner table with some people that don't agree with you and you don't agree with them, but the food is good. Like I'll tell you, I'll go listen to some nonsense if the, the, the chicken and the rice and beans and the lasagna and then the pork and the pulled pork and the beef strudel is good. I'll deal with your ass or I'll take a plate to go if I can't deal. But if it's good, I'll show up. I'm showing up. If the food isn't so good, but the company's great, oh, the company will always trump food 10, 10 out of 10 times. But if you're somewhat of a eh, but I'm like, man, they cook, man. You know what? I'm going to go through there. Yeah, how you doing? Shake hands, wave at the crowd, glad hand, kiss the babies. I'm going to make my rounds, and I'm going to end up with a styrofoam or paper plate with a foil on it, around it, and I'm going home to eat my meal in peace. But you show up. You still show up sometimes. I'm saying that there's a group of people that at this dinner table, 
this Thanksgiving, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, I want you to demand apologies for anyone who's shamed you for a particular action that you took or didn't take. Because I represent, I'm, I'm part of this group too. And this holiday season, I will be demanding my apology. I will be demanding my apology. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation. If you are a returning listener, thank you. Welcome back, and thank you again for giving me your divided attention. If you guys um, are interested in donating to the show, like I've told you guys before, the show's there's a lot of things going on next year that'll be going. I took a little hiatus. I'm expanding this network. A lot more things going on. I'm using monies from this show to pay for this show, to create a business model that I feel is sustainable. I'm saying I'm, I'm calling on my listeners and I'm rattling my tin cup saying, hey, listen, guys, interviews, on location conversations, uh, a video supplements to this, as well as the audio, different elements will be added if if the show can sustain itself and show that it can pay for itself, then I'll do those things. And so there's been some monies coming in and I put those monies towards the show. Like I said, my cash app, dollar sign J-U-N-B-E-A-U. My Venmo is J-U-N-B-E-A-U. My uh, Zelle is uh, my first name and last name at gmail.com, Bobrun at gmail.com. That's J-U-N-Y-A. B-E-A-U-B-R-U-N at gmail.com. Our number one sponsor, I have to acknowledge them, ChavezHouse.com, Chavez House Publishing. That's Chavez with an S, C-H-A-V-E-S. Go to Amazon, type in Chavez House Publishing in the search engine, and all the offerings from either Lenore Batista or Chavez House Publishing, those are the books that you buy. Those are the only two authors under Chavez House is Chavez House Publishing itself, various authors, and Lenore Batista. <clears throat> you have everything from dance journals for little girls, whether they're studying tap or, 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 or contemporary or ballet. You have fitness journals for men, fitness journals for women, gratitude journals, decorative notebooks. I don't from eight to eighty, whether you're in preschool or grad school, doesn't matter. There is a gift there for you. There are over one hundred selections. Beautifully made, professionally done, emblazoned with great covers. You'll enjoy it's a gift for you, for someone else. We are in the gift giving and receiving season. Do yourself a favor and pick up one or two or three for yourself or someone else. So, who am I talking about when I speak about who deserves an apology? I think you're going to pick up. I'm not, I'm not going to say it straight out. I thought I was. I thought I was going to lead with that when I just cracked the mic and pressed record. But I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read you something. Read you something that a Pierce Morgan said. Pierce Morgan is a British British national um, who uh, is on American television and he 
I think he's a journalist, but he has a talk show or he interviews people. I'm not entirely sure if he's a journalist or just a television personality. You know, there's a big difference. But he said something that I thought was interesting a couple of years. Oh, I'm sorry, last year. And I want you to, to I want to read it to you out loud. Uh, and, you know, this was a sentiment that was shared by many uh, that I was seeing online. Then I heard people on the phone. I was involved in discussions with people um, in person and over online. And I saw the, and I heard this sentiment a lot. So here we go. He said this, and I want to know what you think. Pierce Morgan said, and I quote, he said, hmm. he said that unvaccinated people, those who refuse to be vaccinated with no medical reason, should be refused care if they then catch COVID. He said, I'm hearing of anti-vaxxers using up ICU beds in London at vast expense to the taxpayer. Let them pay for their own stupidity and selfishness. That's what he said. Someone echoed that sentiment to me in early 2021. And I said to this person, I posed them a hypothetical. I said, if, if someone is um, in a car accident and is, and is in dire need of medical attention, and if they do not receive that medical attention in a timely manner, this person could die. Are you saying that if this person is wheeled into the ER and the ER doctor is informed, that this person is an un, is unvaccinated, that they should not be given care. This person I'm speaking of has a double dual master's degree. One of them is in sociology, educated and is an educator in New York City. Said absolutely, they shouldn't receive any care. And then a whole thread of people in support, engineers, architects, such and such and such and such, all chimed in. And I couldn't believe it, but I did believe it. I'm going to say something to you guys. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because New York City, New York State, as of October, there was a ruling <clears throat> several public employees in New York City, a New York State judge, Justice Ralph Porizo, Porizo, has said that these men and women need to be reinstated. Them being fired over their vaccination status is invalid. Are you listening to me? In his ruling, he said the vaccine mandate violates the separation of powers doctrine within New York State's Constitution and that it violated the workers' substantive and procedural due process rights and lacked the power of authority to permanently exclude them 
from their workplace. End quote. I said on this podcast last year that if I were a lawyer, and I don't like courtrooms personally, you know, I, I have great respect for the legal profession. I, I had or may even still have to a certain degree aspirations of being an officer of the court, but I don't want to work in a courtroom. I'm an office guy. I'm a cell phone guy. I'm not a courtroom guy. That whole law and order, you know, situation, that whole, no, it's not me. It's not me. However, I felt so strongly, I was so, I was 150% vehemently, diametrically opposed to these mandates that if I said to myself, if I were to become a lawyer, the first thing I would do is sue the bejesus out of state, public facilities, public sector, private sector, the government on a whole that decided to exclude people and coerce them into taking an experimental vaccine for fear of losing their jobs, for fear of losing their benefits, for fear of losing their livelihood, and then being publicly shamed about it, being called selfish, being called or deemed or labeled un-American, unpatriotic, or being deemed a conspiracy theorist, or a MAGA hat wearer, or a Trumper, or an Alex Jonesian. All kinds of derogatory labels were, were, were hoisted on people who said, um, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see, right? Um, this vaccine came quicker than a baby. I'm going to, I don't know. First, you tell me about this thing that's sort of like a flu kind of sort of that people are dying from. And then you're telling me you have a vaccine for it. And then you tell me, oh, wait, it's not a vaccine. Um, it's kind of a vaccine. Oh, wait, it's going to you're not going to be able to transmit it. But then you do transmit it. Oh, wait. So you trans. Oh, but if you do get it, it's not going to be as bad as if you didn't get the vaccine. So if you do. Contra- so people are watching the goalposts being moved on an alleged vaccine. And they're saying, you know what? I think I'm gonna um take my I'm gonna take my time. And the people who decided, and not all of them, there are many people who said, you know what? I'm taking this vaccine. I don't, I, you know, to be on the safe side, and um, my body, my choice. You choose not to. No harm, no foul. That's on you. I choose to. And that was it. And I have plenty of friends that are like that that have gotten vaccinated and that said, you know what? I just got it for me. I don't know what all the fuss is about if someone doesn't want to take the vax. I have friends like that. But then I have another group of people that are like, I can't believe there are actual people in the medical field that are opposed to this. I'm saying to myself, I, no, I said to them, um, but they're in the medical field and you're not. So if someone in the medical field, if this virologist is for and this virologist is, is against, who are you with the office job to tell them that they're wrong if they're opposed to what you happen to agree with based on fight or flight fear responses, panic responses, which is what many people were operating on, panic responses. Some people lost people and lost friends due to this, and some people didn't. But the data was evident. I'm going to go on with what uh, Justice Parizo said. Listen. 
This is not me. This is not Junior Renee Bobrun. This is not me. This is not me editorializing or opining. Justice Parizo adds, there is nothing in the record to support the rationality of keeping a vaccination mandate for public employees while vacating the mandate for private sector employees or creating a carve out for certain professions like artists, athletes or performers. This is clearly an arbitrary and capricious action because we are dealing with identical unvaccinated people being treated differently by the same administrative agency. Oh, listen, he said this is clearly an arbitrary and capricious action. For those of those in the nosebleed seats, would you like to know what capricious means? Well, in the legal context, capricious is defined as willful and unreasonable action without consideration or regard for the facts and circumstances. Arbitrary in the legal in, in a legal legal definition of arbitrary means based on individual discretion rather than a fair application of the law. Okay. Now, one of the first things I've had dozens of conversations about the mandates that were enacted after the discovery of COVID-19. And I said, there hasn't been enough conversation. Science is a conversation. People think science is something that's, oh, it's one way. That's wrong. That's the reason why you have recalls. Because science is an ongoing conversation that's based evidentiary, based on evidence, based on knowledge and experience and facts that are being accumulated. That's why the science can point to this thing being a cure for such and such and such and such. Then five years later, it's off the market. Because there's new information. Science is an evolving conversation. It's oftentimes not an immutable truth. It's not mathematics. Science and mathematics are related. They are not identical. I'm saying this as someone who almost everyone in his family is in this medical field and in the scientific field. And someone who for most of his life up until recently subscribed to the scientific journal. So I enact and I invoke and I implement the scientific method into many things that I do from an intellectual perspective. Even though I'm more, more in the liberal arts vein, I try to enact the scientific method. See how I can implement this model that I create. I'm, I've been a political scientist. I went to school for political science. I studied it back and forth and seeing how you can add or implement the scientific method in, into certain societal models and see what's going to come out based on the data, how much of the data is identical and how much has varying degrees of, 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 of similarities and, and, and differences. That's what you do. So when people were calling me, well, June, what do you know? And I said, wait, ditto. What do you know? When was the last time you studied virology? 
or bacteriology or viruses of any sort? Was the last time you read a science journal or a science textbook outside of high school? When was the last time? And so what was occurring is the shaming, because this is the new word, right, that we use, contemporary 21st century, second decade in the 21st century, we use the word shaming for everything. The shaming that the vaxxed were uh, placing on the unvaxxed. And I kept saying, I'll tell you a story, January, February, 2020, friend of mine gets on the phone with me he says june what are your thoughts on this whole covid thing he said i'm more concerned with government than this particular thing that's going on this whatever this is coming from wherever it's coming from i'm more concerned with government's response that's why i don't call um inflation due to the pandemic i don't say that people lost their businesses their homes etc etc due to the pandemic I say it's due to shutdowns. It's due to the government's flawed response to this particular medical, biological, bacteriological, virological event. Okay? So a friend of mine was like, yo, June, what do you think, man? You're going to, you know, um, what do you think? I said, bruh. I'll put on a mask, you know, they're saying put a mask on and stuff like that, whatever. But, you know, I'm more concerned with how far the government's going to take this because I was hearing words like mandate being used early in 2020. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that. It's an ongoing conversation. And I kept saying this needs to be a conversation. Science is a conversation. We discover, then we discover, then we get and we accumulate information. That's what science is. Science is not static. Science doesn't sit still on the page like mathematical equations. It doesn't do that. Science and mathematics, like I said, are related. They're not identical. And I said that. And I remember... A year later, I was listening to the former prime minister of Australia, who was 100 percent vehemently opposed to the lockdowns that were occurring in Australia that were even more oppressive, repressive and suppressive than what was going on here. People were being locked in their public housing with armed national Australian guard outside looking up like you can't leave. What? And he said. We didn't have a conversation with the Australian people. He said, unfortunately, we're not like the United States that has a living, breathing constitutional document to fall back on. We don't have that. So this is what happens when you don't have that. And I listened to him and I read interviews and I read everything that was going on in Australia. And I tried to reach out to certain people in Australia and everything. You have Canadian truckers I, I, I got in contact with. Everybody. And, I'm, and everyone was speaking about the oppressive hand of the government. Now, here you have a New York state judge. I have family that have left New York. Some who were vaccinated. But because of the shutdowns and the arbitrary nature, which is a word that I've used constantly, said the arbitrary nature of these shutdowns cutting off bars and this that and the third and saying you can't serve after seven seven is when i make my money a bar doesn't make money at seven eight nine ten eleven twelve one two three four p.m a bar makes money between five and nine or five and eleven that's how they pay their rent their mortgages their employees the lack of conversation 
arbitrariness based on individual discretion rather than a fair application of the law is what bothered me and disturbed me. So, Justice Parisa, Parizo goes on. He says, the vaccine mandate was not just about safety and public health. It was about compliance. People, did you hear that? It wasn't about safety and health. It was about compliance. What did I say last year when I said, this feels like a do this or else. This, this is coercion. In 2020, I said, this is when I heard about the vaccine, you know, when they were talking late 2020 vaccines, I was studying a group of students and I wrote a letter to the school and said, if you mandate us to get vaccinated, we are walking out and we are suing you. And we sent the letter and we all signed it. More than 25 students signed it. Adults over the age of 21, over the age of 25. You do this, we leave and we sue. The school said, okay, you know, we were kind of just thinking about it, but we're not going to do it. So no, we're not doing that. But people who lived in New York City, teachers, firemen, police officers, people working in offices, all the uh, nurses everywhere being told, do this or else. No conversation. Oh, but wait, maybe we can get you a, re a, a religious exemption. Oh, but wait. Maybe, okay, you're a Jehovah Witness, you're a Muslim, you're a this, you're a Christian Catholic who you have never, never taken. Okay, you'll get an exemption. Oh, but we're only going to give out a certain number of exemptions. Wait, so why? What's the quota for exemptions? So when people like to tout the numbers of how many New Yorkers actually got vaccinated and use that as some sort of a, uh, the, the vaxxed use this as some sort of a, 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 um, ev evidence of the selfless, benevolent New Yorker, I can count to you and tell you firsthand that many New Yorkers were strong-armed into taking that. There were mortgages and daycare bills and car notes that were at stake. And they said, I didn't want to take it, June, but what choice did I have? I said, you could have left. They were like, that's easy for you to say. I said, no decisions I've ever made in my life when I've gone against the state has been easy. I have not complied with police. It's cost me. I've not complied with a whole host of state agencies at time, and I've paid the penalty for it. I'm not saying it's easy. But you cannot allow people to tell you what you can put in your body if you are 100% opposed to it without having a conversation with you as an adult. When people tell me, well, what's the big deal? You took vaccines as a kid. I was in pampers. <laughs> okay? Even my own mother, who was, a, who was a, a four decades in the nursing field, had said to me, Within the last 10 years, she said, if I knew more, if I knew better, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have allowed those allowed you guys to get those shots. It's four decades in the nursing field. And she said this to me like like 2007 or eight. I think she said that to me. I was like, really? Ma? She was like, yeah, what I know if I knew then what I know now. Oh, because it's a, it's a conversation because science is not a, because science is a conversation. We're still in the discovery phase of many things that are going on. Oh, I see. So she said if she knew now, if she knew then what she knows now. So, okay. 
Porzo says that this was not just about public safety or about safety and public health. It was about compliance. He says, and I quote, if it was about safety and public health, unvaccinated workers would have been placed on leave the moment the order was issued. If it was about safety and public health, the health commissioner would have issued citywide mandates for vaccinations for all residents. But yet this one is not vaccinated. He still keeps his job. Kyrie's unvaccinated. He does. He's not allowed to be at the Brooklyn games, but he can play in the away games. What? Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. So how about all the other players who decided to take this? There were countless NBA players who said, I feel as if I was taken advantage of, that I was strong-armed into taking this. No one wants to talk about it because the whole media decided we're not going to speak about the people. We're going to demonize the people who decided to take a my body, my choice approach based on the data that was still coming in. Porzo says, Porzo added, Okay, in the ruling, Porzo, Porzo said that the former sanitation workers all claim and provided lab laboratory documentation that they have natural immunity to COVID from prior infections, and they still were fired. Porzo also added that the protections from COVID-19 vaccines is not absolute and breakthrough infections occur, even for those who have been vaccinated and boosted. He said, I'm not ruling on the, this is not a commentary on the efficacy of the vaccination, but about how we are treating our first responders and the ones who work day to day through the height of the pandemic. Okay, people. Reason why I say this is I'm unvaccinated, not because I supported Trump. I didn't vote for Trump, not because I have a MAGA hat on, because all of a sudden it became a highly politicized issue. Out of nowhere. And it was the left who did it. Those of you who claim blue and are blue ribboned, it was the left who politicized it more than the right. It was the left who said, oh, you guys must be wearing MAGA hats, whoever's unvaccinated. You guys are unvaccinated. You must be, you, you, you still believe that Trump won the election. And I'm saying to myself, or if you were black or brown, you had the Anglo left saying, oh, you guys must think this is like another Tuskegee Institute experiment. And you guys think that this is going to sterilize you like 40 ounces of beer and jello or whatever the case may be. And I was looking like, wow, I'm not a Trumper. And I'm not being a conspiracy theorist. I'm someone who actually pays quite close attention to science. I'm scientifically inclined in another life or maybe even in this life. I would have been a scientist. I pay attention to the scientific method. I've paid attention to vaccines my whole life. I know who all the evidence around them. I know how long it takes. It can take 5, 10, 15, 20 years, 25, 30, 45 years. So when someone was saying that and summarily dismissing people's concerns about the efficacy of this vaccine, I knew at that moment that I could not trust my fellow man. I couldn't trust them. 
that once fear set in, that the lack of reasonableness would set in as well. All of a sudden, fear increased, reasonableness decreased. The ability to converse, nuance, to converse complexities is diminished once that fear spectrum was increased. The fear ratio was increased. And it made me extremely concerned about who we are as a human, as humankind. And I realized every single last time, every single time in human history, at least within the last 120 years, that some sort of authoritarian, dictatorial, fascistic government entity or apparatus took hold. It was due to people thinking that they could speak for the greater good and using government apparatus to do so and demonizing the question askers, demonizing the skeptics who had reasonable skepticism, a reasonable amount of skepticism. That's when we've seen the most fascistic behavior. It's not when people had unreasonable concerns. It's when the reasonable concerns were summarily dismissed. So to hear the my body, my choice argument, the pro-choice argument from people who are pro-abortion or pro a woman's right to choose and not pro a person's right to choose, that this vaccination conversation had changed multiple times from full immunization to not quite immunization to it will minimize your ability to 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 to, to have breakthrough infection infection wrong. Oh, it, it, it minimizes your ability to transfer it or, or, or for someone else to contract it from you. Wrong. Oh, now it's going to minimize the effect or the side effect that you get from having it. And no one can really prove that. This is what's been going on. The unvaxxed during the 2022 holiday deserve an apology and should demand an apology for everyone who tried to shame them, ridicule them, demonize them, using derogatory labels and statements towards them that didn't fit. I'm not a MAGA, right? I'm not a January Sixer. I'm not an election denier. I didn't take it because I didn't believe it. And I'm right. The data has proved me right. Forget about what this judge is saying. The judge is speaking about the law, which was two things. Me being a scientific person and me being a political and legal person who studies these things, governments, bureaucracies, the apparatus, the application of laws. So me being someone who studies science and studies the application of laws. So together, this was a perfect storm. The science didn't, the science didn't add up. And then the reaction didn't add up to the science because the science was still coming in. Did something need to be done? Yeah. Did worldwide shutdowns in our major commercial hubs need to happen? Absolutely not. And I am not quarterback. I'm not quarterbacking from my couch right now. I'm not. I'm not um, leading from hindsight. I said this immediately. I took the unpopular stance from the beginning. From January, February, March 2020, I have not 
changed. I first said I need to read the data and I need to pay close attention to two things, the science and the government apparatus and what it is and where we are with that. I noticed that the science wasn't adding up and that the government's reaction was overbearing and counterproductive. And I knew it was going to put us in a jam and in a hole. So when this man, this justice, this, this, this New York State Supreme Court judge says the vaccine mandate was not just about safety and public health. It was about compliance. Do this or else. Friends of mine who live in Hawaii, friends of here, there saying, oh, I don't know why the nurses aren't taking it. I don't know why they're not doing it. They're not doing it because they haven't taken the flu vaccine either. A nurse has super Zulu molecules and Thor molecules mixed in immunity because of all the things that they face. You know how many nurses don't take the flu vaccine? There's Harvard studies right now looking to market the flu vaccine to nurses and doctors because they're not taking it. They're like, no, we don't need it. And who would know better than them? Scientists speaking to other scientists, medical professionals speaking to other medical professionals. So I don't need to go into where the virus started and its gain of function and whether Fauci and the National Institute of Health created it in a lab. I don't need to do any of that. I didn't know any of that. I didn't I didn't I didn't have full knowledge of this. I was like, wait, COVID? What? SARS? Is not that a cold? I remember the first thing I thought was it's a cold. It's going to kill some people because it's a cold, just like the flu kills a bunch of people. I'm not taking the flu vaccine and the flu will knock you out. I've had the flu. The flu feels like I felt as if this is it. I got to get my affairs in order. But I wasn't taking the flu vaccine. I was like, I will fortify and I will do better. Especially during like during this holiday season already, I've already fortified myself starting two weeks ago. More vitamins, more this, more more immune boosting, more rest, more sleep. I'm not wearing that was one of the things I've been doing in my little hiatus. I was focusing on what I needed to do for the holidays and beyond, whether it's this and other ventures, focusing, repurposing, prioritizing. I know what I have to do. So I was like, oh, wait, COVID-19, SARS. So this is the 19th. Was it? Wait, OK, this is the flu, right? It's the cold. It's that cold. And I'm reading about it. I'm going, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, six months in, I'm hearing, oh, there could be a vaccine rolled out by the end of the year. I'm like, whoa, a who? You didn't say you didn't say treatment option. You said vaccine. These are very interesting words. So I said, yeah, no, I'm not taking that. A bunch of friends of mine were like, yeah, no, I'm not taking that. A family member's going, you yeah, know, I'm not taking that. But then I had other family that was like, listen, when this vaccine comes out, are you going to take it? Or you should take it because your mom is, you know, your, your mom is older and this, that, and the third. And I was like, I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to wear the mask. I'm not going to be in too many, you know, public arenas. I'll, I'll try to stay outdoors as much as I can. I would go over family members' homes. They would sit on their stoop or doorstep. And I would be speaking to them from practically the street, 10, 12 feet distance, just talking, just so everyone can be comfortable. I was okay. If someone wanted to come visit me, I was cool with it. And I fortified myself and I contracted this thing, whatever it is. And I remember I've been calling it that for a while, this thing, whatever it is. I contracted it early this year and it felt horrible. 
I felt horrible. I couldn't breathe. I could barely walk from the bedroom to the fridge without taking a serious break. And guess what? And then it was over. Then it was done. I didn't one time question whether or not I should have taken the vax. The vax has already proven not to work, not to stop people They're from, from contracting it and from having symptoms. And there are plenty of people who said, oh, man, it sucked. But it would have sucked more if I didn't take the vax. How do you know that? There's no data to support that. It really isn't. The data is, is ambiguous in that regard. The degrees of what you felt. And how can you put what you felt actually on a scale? Because I know people who had it. They had some minor symptoms and they were okay. Or people who, who had it and were, you know, didn't have any symptoms at all. Asymptomatic people. So what are we talking about here? Was this about public health or was it about compliance? Was it about the government's testing that muscle to see how many people, the public and the private sector, working in tandem to see how many people can we tell do this or else to? And apparently a great many. But those of us, I'm, and I'm not wearing me not getting vaxxed as some sort of badge of honor. I'm not. I'm not saying, oh, I was right, you were wrong. Whoever decided to take it, that's on you. Some people had family members that were immunocompromised and they said, you know what? I'm going to err on the side of caution. I'm going to err on the side of one side of the conversation that everyone was getting. Because anyone who spoke out against this or anyone who brought any other hmm, data contrasting or counter data to the prevailing or the general narrative was banned. You were shadow banned or banned from TikTok, banned from Instagram, banned from Twitter, banned from Facebook. Wow. Doctors, scientists, people who graduated from the same schools as the people that you're listening to have the same credentials, same awards, same tenure. People were losing their uh, teaching positions as professors of medicine and science and in, in, in the sciences losing their tenure as university professors because they said, yeah, no, because they publicly spoke out against this. I want all of those people whose jobs were martyred and sacrificed on the altar of compliance to get their jobs back plus back pay plus pain and suffering. If I were a lawyer today, I would be turning this into a cottage industry. I would be suing the pants off of every single company and every single state government and every public and private sector organization that discriminated against the unvaxxed without having the proper information to do so and exempting this group and that group arbitrarily not based on the application of the law or the actual data and protocol. Just this, this group. So it, was, it, was, it, it turned into an eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Your, your, your coworker gets an exemption letter, you, 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 and you guys wrote identical exemption letters. Use the same boilerplate I, uh, exemption letter. One of you gets exempt, the other one does not. Why? What is this based on? Like I said, conversation. And to see this judge do this, and of course, New York State is appealing. I mean, New York State, as far as the government's appealing. Um, and I say to myself, okay, 
You're appealing. What are you appealing for? You, you destroyed part of New York. There are restaurants and stores and things like that that'll never come back. Businesses that will never come back. Ever come back. Your data as far as the efficacy of this vaccine and the efficacy of the shutdowns was wrong. It was wrong. There are numbers coming out now that are showing that the government's response should not have been so heavy handed and the public and private sector employers uh, mandates should not have been as heavy handed as well. That's not me. I saw that from January 2020. I was like, I'm just waiting to see what the government's going to do. I'm more afraid of government than, than any of these viruses. And I, and I believe that. Truthfully, in my heart of hearts, that's how I felt. I said, I'm more concerned with that. I said, I'm looking at the data. And from what I see, this is a cold. This is severe. It's, it's a bad cold. It's a cold that can kill you. But we have a lot of colds out there that can kill you. They're called, you know, a lot of a lot of respiratory infections. We have flus and pneumonias that when they get you, they get you. They get you. Get, once they get into those lungs, man, lungs are very, very sensitive. Things get into those lungs and you can have some problems. But I was more concerned with what's this government doing? I'm hearing the word mandate. I was like mandate words like mandate and curfew. We're being bandied about no one on the street after a certain time. I said, that's never a good look. I said, and I believe in the conversation. I'm born in the United States of America, right? And with that, you have to have the conversation with me. You're not my daddy. You're not my mommy. You're not the boss of me. I'm an adult. I'm a voter. I'm a tax-paying, law-abiding citizen. But the laws have to be just. I'm allowed to question the laws. That's why the police have such a problem with me. Because I question the law. I'm not supposed to blindly obey and comply. I'm a full sentient being using my upper mammalian brain. I have an intellect. I have self-awareness. I have not only self-awareness, but I can empathize. I can put myself in someone else's shoes and see things from their perspective and look through life and events through their eyes. I'm unique in that regard on the food chain. You're not allowed to tell me do this or else. Sorry. No. We're going to have the conversation when it comes to my body. We're going to have that talk. So when I see these people online and Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp and everybody who's got their four, five, six boosters mad at Kyrie Irving for not taking his shot. I have my issues with Kyrie Irving. But for that particular instance, I was 100 percent aboard with him. Because I knew that he was going to get heat for that. And everything he did after that, but now he's in a, he's in a, he stepped in it. That's on him. But as far as that, then you had Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, Joe Rogan, musician saying, get him off the air. He's dangerous. I'm boycotting Spotify. And you had artists saying, get me off of Spotify because Joe Rogan is spreading misinformation. Wrong. No, he wasn't. He had actual medical professionals. On his show. Wrong. All over the world there are lawyers and doctors setting up coalitions to sue their government and public public and private sector workers for what they consider to be the 
the overhandedness, the heavy handedness of their government's response to this virus and the information that was coming out and the wording behind what exactly is this? It started off as vaccines, started off as immunization, started off as not being able to break through, have breakthrough transmissions. All of these things had to be pushed away, moved back. They had to, they had to walk back almost every single last thing they said this vaccine was going to do for the public. They had to walk back all of that wording and change it. Ah. And so those of us, me, who are like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's not a vaccine. I figured that. You don't know that because you haven't had any human trials to prove that it's not going to have transmissions and breakthrough. You have to have years of human trials. I'm not going to be the human trial. I said, I'm going to take my chances. And that's what this, and that's what this person, uh, that's what this, uh, this justice said. Give the people an opportunity to take their chances. It was a great victory for individual rights and equality for New Yorkers. I, I for one, felt very upset that all of these tough New Yorkers that I grew up around just decided to just take the vax. Oh, yeah, we have a 78 or 85% vaccination rate in New York City. And I was saying to myself, what? How many of those people took that out of coercion. How many people were standing in line to take the vaccine because they were scared to death of losing their job? They weren't scared to death of the reaction that their body would have if they contracted the vaccine, the virus. They were scared to death of their jobs reaction. If they didn't take the vaccine, I'm sorry, the experimental treatment, which is what we should be calling it because there were no human trials before 2020 one late 2020 2021 there were no human trials until then just saying forgive me but i was right and the vaxxers who decided not not every vaxxer not every vaxxer i'm speaking to the ones who decided and said out loud, like the Pierce Morgans and the people who believed them and this whole swath of media and entertainers and the social media outlets who decided to ban actual credentialed, educated, informed people in this particular field and banned them. Book, people lost their publishing deals, book deals, their tenure. I'm speaking to all of them and I'm speaking to the vaxxers who said you're unpatriotic, you're inhumane, you're selfish, you're ignorant, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a MAGA, you're a Trumper, you don't know anything, you're some ignorant Negro from the ghetto or you're some ignorant hillbilly or whatever the case, believing in alternative this and alternative science and et cetera, et cetera. You fake newsers are losers and we're going to die because of you. So you shouldn't get a hospital bed. You shouldn't get an ICU bed. Your kids shouldn't be able to go to school. Oh, all of that. I read the forums. I'm not, everything I'm saying is a quote verbatim. Your kids shouldn't be able to go to school if you're not vaccinated because you can give the, you can give, you can give the uh, virus to your child and then your child can go to school and then spread it. Children have the least mortality of all, 
every demographic when it comes to this. So the mere fact that the CDC right now is voting to have the COVID-19 vaccine be part of the vaccination panel is nonsense. Is nonsense. Is nonsense. Pregnant women were taking this vaccine. Okay. That's, oh, I'm sorry, this experimental treatment. Okay. You know, I, I treated the vaccination or this, this, this experimental injection like religion. You know, if you're religious, good for you. You don't have to try to convert me. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not convertible. <laughs> I just need more data. <laughs> That's me with everything. The data is not sufficient for me. It's insufficient. That's how I move. But I do not begrudge anyone their belief system as long as you keep that on your side of the fence and you don't say that things have to be done in the name of your belief. Whoa. A. Is that an incontrovertible truth? Is that an immutable truth? If the answer is no, then you have to open up to the conversation. That's how I feel about religion. Don't tell me that my country or my school is supposed to have a prayer yeah I, I no no you have that belief system i'm more than happy for you there's a separation of church and state in this country for a reason that's why there's a separation of powers in this country for a reason as well because it leads to the conversation that's what it is so i feel the same way and i felt like the vaxxers were were, were operating with a religious zeal there was a zealousness about it. I didn't have a zealousness about not taking it. I just wasn't taking it. And I wasn't saying, oh, you took it. You're a sheeple. You, 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 you're going to grow a tail. And in 20 years, your heart's going to explode. I didn't say any of that. I said, okay, you decided. The data you felt was sufficient enough for you to believe, just like people who believe in religion. The data that you've been presented with is sufficient enough for you to become an adherent, for you to become a believer. Good for you. I read the same data. I looked through it. I researched it. It was insufficient for me. So because of that, I choose not to adhere. But I do not begrudge you for adhering. As long as you keep that over there, don't try to convert me. Don't try to convert my kids. Don't try to convert my family. Don't try to infuse these the, the terminology in the books as if it's a truth. No, understand that it's a belief system. It's not a truth system. Sorry. Sorry. It's your truth. And many millions and billions can even agree with you. But it's not the truth. It's a belief. A belief and a truth are separate. Sounds similar. If you believe it, you can achieve it and perceive it and believe it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. A belief and a truth. Separate. Not the same. A belief and a fact are not the same. Faith and fact, not the same. So you believed, okay, that I'm going to be more immunized. I'm going to be stronger. It's going to, my immune system and my white blood cell panel is going to be able to fight this COVID. I'm going to, I'm going to, if many people, you know how many people I know that have taken this vaccine, this experimental uh, 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 injection and said experimental treatment and said, yo, man, they told me I wasn't going to get it and I got it. And a lot of those people were shadow banned on Instagram and and friends of mine who were like, yo, I got it. I, I, I got I got the injection. 
because they told me I wasn't going to get this thing that's out there from wherever that, you know, and it was going to protect me from it. Then it didn't. Then they came back and told me, oh, wait, it's not going to do that. Oh, wait, it's just going to make the symptoms less severe or you won't spread it. Okay, so I took it thinking I'm not going to spread it to my, my my grandma or my auntie with diabetes or this one and that one. Then come to find out I can spread it. That two people who both got vaccinated can spread it to each other. What? You could spread it community. You can give it to one. You, in fact, five vaccinated people can spread COVID to each other. <sighs> so five experimentally treated individuals can spread this to each other. Need I say more? So from my eyes, I see this and I go, all I kept getting was reasons not to take it <laughs> while other people may have seen the information and interpreted it differently and said they found reasons to take it everything i read and everything i was seeing said no i'm not i'm not this is no this is a conversation the same way you have to walk back all of the claims you made about this thing you're gonna have to walk back the side effects sooner or later because this is a, a science is a conversation based on the accumulation of evidentiary evidentiary information. That's what science is. It's, it's a constant. Okay, well, the, the science tells us right now after dozens, hundreds, thousands of experiments, then we can start calling it a truth. Many, many different people doing the same exact experiment from different f different places are getting the same exact results. Uh-oh, looking like we might have a truth here. Maybe some exceptions, but this is looking like somewhat of a truth. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we're having a 95% such and such. Someone did it in Sweden. Someone did it in Africa. Someone did it in Asia, America, Canada, the Caribbean. Same results. Okay? All right. Now, now we're talking. And we've done it year after year. Some people did it in the summer. Some people did it in the winter. Some people did it in the spring, whatever. Hmm. I see. After years and years. That's usually how it works, people. You know, all I'm saying is at the dinner table, I'm not trying to cause any smoke. And I'm not being Queen Cersei choosing violence. I'm saying that if I'm at any table or if I meet with any people that tried to ridicule the unvaxxed and who ridiculed or, or, or who, uh, who ridiculed the unvaxxed or tried to ridicule the people who questioned the efficacy of the ex this experimental treatment and the government's response anybody who spoke greasy about it and I and I was within earshot you're going to get me sending you the judge says and I'm going to put your thoughts I'm going to say your thoughts and if I'm meeting with you in person and we're going to sit at the dinner table, I'm going to be like, yeah, what do you think about what the judge uh, Justice Porizo from New York State said about the thing? And I'm going to commit everything that this man wrote to memory. So I'll be able to spit it verbatim, chapter and verse to the individuals. And then we're going to have that conversation. So I'm breaking my own rule of keeping politics and sociological and societal issues off of the table why because um way too many people way too many people paid with their livelihoods 
taking a stance. They were teachers marching through New York City. There's a picture of this woman. Not a picture. It was a video online. I was watching the marches in New York City last year. A woman had a small child. She said, I'm a divorced mom. I'm a single mother. And I have this child that I have to take care of. But I have to stand on my principles. I'm with these kids every day. I understand the risks. And based on the data, the risks are negligible. I'm paraphrasing. And she says, we shouldn't be forced to take this experimental drug. We shouldn't be forced. And she's out there with a child. And I said to myself, that woman right there, I need to find her. I tried to. I actually looked to see if she had a PayPal or a cash app that I could send her money. I was going to start a fund for the teachers that were adversely affected from the mandate. I don't say from the pandemic, from the mandates and the government's response. This is when cures are worse than the actual disease. Or when penalties don't fit crimes. This is exactly what this was. I had a huge issue with it. I had a huge issue with it then. I have a huge issue with it now. And I am very glad that we actually had some states that had sense. States like Florida. People can say what they want about Governor DeSantis all they want. Florida kept it going. What happened? Did everyone fall dead? Hmm? Did everyone drop like flies? Did the disease itself or the virus itself, did that shut businesses down due to so many people contracting it and dying? No. Contracting and being out for an inordinate amount of times? No. The opposite occurred. There was growth. Not only that, people left places like New York and the Northeast with their oppressive, repressive, suppressive mandates and went down south and said, I'm going to close my business in New York. I'm going to I'm going to finally do that relocation move. People retired early, said, you can have it. I'm gone. I'm done where I live right now. I'm in the south southwest at the moment. I don't see I see nothing but California plates everywhere. California plates and let me explain something to you about those California plates because there's there's a byproduct there's something going on right now uh last year the number of students enrolled in public school dropped by more than 110,000 in California the second largest one-year decrease in over a decade reasons include declining birth rates migration as well as shifts to private and home education now that's fancy Okay, migration and as well as shifts to private and home education. Both of those are responses to the mandate. You could you can literally condense that sentence and put declining birth rates and mandates people moving due to the due to the California's mandates. Every single Californian that is here that I spoke to. I asked them, hey, you're from Cali or you're from here and you're just visiting. Every time I see someone in my parking garage or in my in the supermarket parking lot, I stop and I approach people. I go, hey, listen, you from California? That's cool. Are you visiting or whatever? And I will start up a conversation. And of the, I don't know, 
couple of dozen people I've spoken to. They said we had to leave because it wasn't making sense what they were doing. It wasn't making sense. The mandates weren't making sense anymore. What they wanted us to do to our kids and ourselves just to keep a job in the most expensive state to live in in the union wasn't making sense. So we left. And this is this is California. One of my favorite R&B groups of all time, Tony, 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 had a song and the song was titled It Never Rains in Southern California. It never rained. I remember to me, I, I remember joking around when I first heard that song. I was like, yo, that's like the number one advertisement for going to California. That should be like California's national anthem or, or state anthem. You have a place that has like 350 days of sun. Great weather almost all year round, at least in the daytime. Awesome culture. I mean, everyone's there from everywhere. Got beaches and mountains and everything else. Why are they moving to where I am? Where I am is nothing like that. Government. No matter how much palm trees and sunshine and pretty people are around, your government can make your life a living hell. Ask people in the Caribbean. Ask people in South America what it means to live in paradise but not be in paradise due to your government. New York City, one of my favorite cities that I visited in my life, as far as the city is concerned. Paris, Rome, New York. New York's up there. I love Manhattan. I love Brooklyn. I love the feel. And there's no way you can get me up there with the government that's in place. California, a place I've always thought that I'd love to have a home. I'd love to be in L.A. one minute, New York City the next, fly around. There's no way that the two largest economies in this country has this level of migration. They didn't put inflation. That's one of the things they needed to put. Declining birth rates, which is eh. That's not that's not the reason why you have one hundred and ten thousand drop in students. It's not because of declining birth rates. It's not what's going on. Mm -mm. It's because of cost of living. And the and the government shutdown. You're not making it worth people's while to deal with all the nonsense. There was a price people were willing to pay for paradise and they're no longer willing to pay it. They're no longer winning to willing to pay it. I can't count how many New Yorkers have now moved to red states because it's been politicized now. The red states have said, come on in. Come on, come on. For most of them are like, yeah, we don't have any shutdowns and mandate vaccine mandates. Nah, man, to each his own. You want to take it, take it. You don't, you don't. Okay, we may have some sort of ordinances and protocols. We may have certain seating. We may diminish seating in certain environments. We may ask you to wear a mask and have mask mandates and stuff like that. But as far as you putting that into your body, no. Your body, your choice. It's interesting. It's, it's an interesting dynamic because <laughs> it's like the, the red state do not want you to put a foreign substance in your body that you don't want to. So they're saying it's your body, your choice. But yet at the same time, they're legislating a woman's body with the abortion issue. And it's flipped and the reverse is happening with the blue states. The blue states are all about your body, your choice, the autonomy of the person to make decisions based on their behalf, et cetera, et cetera. But then when it comes to this, uh, uh, comes to COVID, no, you take this experimental treatment or else you get fired, you get shadow banned, you get banned from TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. There are people's livelihoods that have been adversely affected just by being cut off of social media. Their Twitter is how they engaged, told people that they were going to have panel discussions here. Their Zoom calls, they were able to reach a mass audience with one tweet. 
and have people pay and come in to their YouTube channels via super chats and pay people. There's a significant revenue stream that was uh, uh, diminished, okay, and was taken away from them based on these private sector social media outlets, people like that. All I'm saying is now, we're going to get back to peace and love maybe maybe in another episode. But right now, I'm, ch- I'm not choosing silence. I'm not choosing to, at the dinner table this holiday season, Thanksgiving, which is probably the only time of year many of us are going to see our whole families or our, our significant loved ones or Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever. I'm not choosing silence, not on this issue. On this issue, because it's very close to not only my heart, but with people, people who don't understand the machinations of politics, when people think that a and I'm not going to go into too much specifics on this authoritarian dictatorial governments do not just come into power overnight. It's a series of acqu- acquiescing. It's a series of compliant and complacent attitudes amongst the citizenry over a certain period of time that allows dictatorial authoritarian imperialistic factions to enter into your government apparatus that's not me being conspiratorial that's me being a student of history that's not me interpreting or revising or reinterpreting the data look at your 20th century Look at what was going on in Spain at one point or Italy at one point or Germany at one point or this country or that country and look to see how they got there. Compliance and complacency among the citizenry. When you started asking questions, the why, remember what I said. If you go back and listen to when police overreach, I teach part one and two. And when I said the why. You will know how free you are in a society based on your society's reaction to you when you ask why. Ask the why. Then you'll see how free you really are. Nothing rings truer. That statement doesn't ring any true than when it comes to this particular situation that occurred over the last two plus years during our COVID experiment. Why? Why should I take that if it's not if it just came out? I don't think I should take that. Why should I take that? How long is this? You start asking journalistic questions. Who, what, where, why, how you start asking that. And all of a sudden, oh, you dismissed summarily by a group of people on one side that are taking to the streets saying my body, my choice. Well, here I am. This is my body, my body right here. I I have. How much choice am I going to have as to what substances I put into my body? I choose this every single day. I'm making these I'm making these these uh, decisions, some of them informed, some of them not so informed. Look at the, the amount of lead in my water supply. I don't know how much lead there is, but you know what? I can find out. I can go, hey, um, I can call the Department of Environmental, the Environment EPA and go, hey, based on my region, how much lead did we find per liter of water, et cetera, et cetera. Now, and how does that um, um, how does that factor into what we can cons- what we is now interpreted as a healthy or negligible amount of lead, which needs to be re- re- revised, by the way, because we found out that that Detroit lead poisoning issue 
is going on in more cities and more states than America would care and other governments would care to tell you. But any case, but so there's certain things, there's certain things that are in my juices and in my foods and in my things that I don't know fully what's going on. But I know one thing, I'm not allowing the government or the medical community to put certain things in my body without me taking a close look at it. Or at least me knowing that there's enough research about the thing that they're giving to me that I can now make an informed decision because, oh, you're, you're prescribing this to me. Uh, and I can go and look online and go pros, cons, get a second and third opinion, which I'm often apt to do and find out. But you can't hit me with something that just came out quicker than a baby from conception to, 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 to you know, from um, from intimacy to conception. Bing bong. In nine months, 10 months, a year and tell me do this or else. And then people looking at me, well, why, why June? Why, why are you not? Why are you not taking that? Because you take every, you take food, you eat this and you don't know everything that's in that. That was the argument. And I listened to people make this flawed argument. Listened to people. I'm like, yeah, you, you drink that juice. Yeah, I do. I can look up every single last ingredient of that juice. And I can I can look to see how many people have died or whatever. I know what's going to happen if I eat too much sugar or I eat too much fat or I smoke too many cigarettes or I drink too much alcohol. I know what happens to my cholesterol, my triglycerides, my blood level. I know what happens to my heart, my vessels, my arteries, everything. I don't know a thing about what happens with this. I don't know a thing about this. Yet you're telling me do this or else. And yet when I ask, well, can we take a minute and have a conversation? Because that was my stance. My stance wasn't the, oh, you guys are trying to have me grow a tail. Oh, you're trying to sterilize the heterosexual black man. I ain't go there. That wasn't me. Me was just the normal. I need more information. I'm not against it. I need more information. And like I said, I said, I'm more concerned with the government's response than the actual virus such as it is whatever the, and i used to not call it by name i said whatever this thing is and i believed that then and i believe it now what i thought what i said and my thoughts my words and my deeds in 2020 are consistent two years and some change later and they've aged very well intellectually they've aged Morally, they've aged well. Ethically, they've aged well. Legally, they've aged well. Because now it's coming out. It's like, uh-uh, no. Mm-mm. I'm hoping it leads to liabilities where people are like, listen, I lost my home because you didn't want to have a conversation. I lost my apartment, my home, my job, my livelihood. I had to move to another state. I don't know anybody here. I, this, I'm not saying this for me. I'm saying this is what happened to other people who, had to, who, who, who decided not to take it. I said, you know, I paid the price and I didn't have to and I shouldn't have because it was arbitrary and capricious what you did. Capricious, willful and unreasonable action without consideration or regard for the facts and circumstances arbitrary based on individual discretion rather than a fair application of the law okay 
You have our great justice saying this was about public health. It was not just about safety and public health. It was about compliance. This is clearly an arbitrary and capricious action because we are dealing with identically unvaccinated people being treated differently by the same administrative agency. There is nothing in the record to support the rationality of keeping a vaccination mandate for public employees while vacating the mandate for private sector employees or creating a carve out for certain professions. Hollywood kept it moving. There's a whole lot of people on Hollywood sets that were not vaccinated, that were unvaxxed and everyone knew it. But yet the, the average rank and file worker had to be vaxxed or else. Or you have certain people that are working in buildings. There's a real resentment amongst the media because they had to take it or lose their jobs. And if they didn't take it, they would have probably been blackballed and frozen out of all the best jobs in their industry. They would have been called a quote unquote problem and they would have been shadow banned. And so a lot of those media people that were forced to take it, they already have a problem with how much leverage professional athletes have in, in, the, in the marketplace, in their marketplace, how they're able to hold out and get money and force trades and et cetera, et cetera. The American public already has an issue with that to a certain degree because, we, because the average rank and file American can't do that. The average rank and file worker can't just say, I'm not coming into work today until you give me a raise. They'll be like, your job will be filled by lunch. <laughs> I have a thousand applications for your job. There are not a thousand LeBrons. There are not a thousand Kyrie Irvings. There are not a hundred Aaron Rodgerses. So you deal with a certain amount based on their skill set. And so the worker has a little bit more leverage in professional sports, a lot more leverage than the actual rank and file worker. So those people in the media that had to take that take that take that or lose their nice little position where they get to talk about the feats of greater men than themselves where they get to get paid seven eight figures per annum to, to talk nonsense about sports so I, I watched the sport for two three hours then you got some other cats talking about it for two three hours it's absurd and then you're going to demonize someone who decided to use to exercise their 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 physical autonomy over themselves as a sentient being and saying, yeah, no, thanks. I think I'm going to wait on the data. All of those people have been vindicated and validated. I don't care about your reasoning at this point. My reasoning was in line with what that judge said. And I said it. I'm on the record. You want to go back and take a listen. Go back and take a listen. Much of what I said sound is in lockstep with what this judge said and it's in lockstep. Many of my friends know me and know that this is in lockstep. So this isn't me just, oh, yeah, uh, no, I, I wasn't one of those people saying oh, for religious exemption. No, I was like, nah, I'm not doing this. Doesn't make sense yet. It may make sense soon. More information. We're having a conversation. Bring me more information on it. Then then I'll look into it. I'm bossed up. I'm my own man. It's one of the reasons why I don't I don't think at this point, well, I'm not employable anymore. You can't just tell me what to do. You can't tell me when to take a break. You can't tell me I'm just not built for that. <laughs> I'm just not built for it. Some people are. Some people aren't. I'm not built for it anymore. You can't tell me, oh, your lunch is an hour. No, it's not. My lunch is 
My lunch is, is a leisure activity. It's a business leisure activity. I may have a power lunch, a power brunch, a power coffee, a power dinner. I'm not doing that anymore. Like keep, keep, oh, you do this or you're going to lose your benefits. And what, who, what, who are you? Who are you again? Who are you again? I just, I've never, f only my mom and my dad and my familial elders have had a certain amount of dominion over me. A certain level. After that, it's a wrap. Police, government, military, jobs, politicians, employers, get out of here. There is no do it or else. I'm not doing it. I'll fall on my sword before I, before I become one of these compliant complacents. Because that's what leads, that's the gateway drug to having some sort of despot leading you, telling you do this or else. Because you had so many people, a bunch of, I don't want to call them, you know, but a bunch of people that were advocating and championing the idea in the media and they were being celebrated. They didn't lose their jobs. Pierce Morgan didn't lose his job, get suspended or fined or admonished or canceled or ridiculed with negative tweets and responses by saying that if you're not vaccinated, you shouldn't receive medical care. That's been a sentiment that's been echoed by many in the media. And nothing happened. A couple of people came out and said, I don't know about this vaccine. It's not really a vaccine because it's not protecting me against A, B, C and D. They were lambasted, raked over the coals. So you see how things can shift. And if you if and if you think this is something that's compartmentalized, June, you, you don't it's don't be hyperbolic and have that bleed into how all of a sudden we can become a dictatorship. I said it before. Dictatorial authoritarian proclivities do not happen overnight. It doesn't happen by a coup. All of a sudden, some tank rolls up to the capital of whatever city or state you live in or country and some guy with a bunch of medals adorned onto his military lapel now has a megaphone and says, I'm the leader. Bedtime is 8 p.m. Talk some stuff and you're going to get talk ish, get shot. It's not how it happens. It happens incrementally, step by step. And it's the people who do it to themselves. If you want to understand how a democracy can become despotic, how a representative republic can become despotic, I submit to you Exhibit A, how the people responded to the government's heavy-handedness. You think I'm going to blame Joe Biden for this? Nah, I blame Joe Q. Public for this and Joan Q. Public. Because just like I went to the president of my school, the deans of my school, and we all as adults said, we ain't taking this thing. We're already putting up with these masks. All right. We're putting up with these hybrid funny classes. Okay. But if you think that you're going to enact it, we're telling you right now we are walking out that day. So you've been warned. We did that legally to let them know the numerically, could you stand to lose this many students? Because if it was one of us, five of us, six of us, it was in my, it, I had over 25 in my particular group. And I spoke to several others in other groups. So I'm pretty sure there were hundreds. People that are spending $40,000 a year, $18,000 a semester, 36000 a year, 18000 a semester.
to attend. And people were saying, nah, we are withdrawing due to these unethical, due to the un unreasonableness of this mandate, and we will be taking legal action against this institution if you enact this. Because they were entertaining the idea via email. We said, nah. So I'm saying, me, Joe Q, June Q Public, and a bunch of others, male and female, we got together and said, nah, who's with me? Are you guys willing to put your name on the paper? A friend of mine came to me with it and said, June, would you put your name on the paper? I said, dude, I'll put my name, date of birth, and social security on the paper. What are you talking about? Of course. Let's do this. Let's get this done already. You talk to your people, I'll talk to them. Let's see. And before you knew it, I only knew like two or three people in the class. A friend of mine only knew like two or three people. Before we knew, we had 25 names on the paper. Got it signed, notarized. What are you talking about? If John and Joan Q. Public really believed in our, their autonomy and their individual rights and were able to suspend their fear so it could give way to rational thought, we wouldn't be here right now. This mandate would have been a lot shorter and we would have been able to rebuild. We wouldn't have had to deal with all of these mandates and uh, inflationary measures due to supply chain disruption, blah, blah, blah. Shortages here, disruptions there, inflation everywhere. Uh -uh. But most people comply with their fear response. That's another conversation possibly for another day, but it's part of this. And you'll see how all of a sudden, oh, dry runs. Add enough fear to the equation, to the recipe, and you will see people comply with things and start saying things unreasonably and being extremely hypocritical and, 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 and contradictory. So I'm saying that all of you out there that listen to me that are unvaxxed and, and got ish for it from employers and friends and family and colleagues, if you're going to see... Go online and go look. New York State reinstates public workers and send that to people and be like, yo, listen, and, and, and go look up and go read, read exactly what the judge's decision was and copy that, screenshot it, paste it, memorize it and tell people, I tell people you're on the right side of history. Tell them, say, I'm on the right side of history and you weren't. This is how despotic regimes begin. When you start telling people do this or else, you lose your gig, you lose your social standing, you lose your social credits. We give China a lot of lip and a lot of bad press about their social credit system where you can get banned from this, that, and the third. All of a sudden, you won't be allowed to enter into this sphere and this space if you say this about the government and blah, blah, blah. How different is that from people losing their livelihoods who are social media influencers and were speaking about this? And they were right. How, how, how different is that? And people out there are going to be like, yeah, I'm a free market capitalist. Oh, yeah, you know, me, uh, June, a business has the right to discriminate based on blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, you think so? Really? Really? We do, we do have certain anti-discrimination laws on the books in almost every human resource office in the country. Gender, sexual orientation, religion, identity, and, and this is going to be added to it. I guarantee you. This is going to be added to it because it wasn't done judiciously, uniformly. This one got exempt. This one didn't. Some, like I said, two people will hand in and submit the same 
the identical boilerplate exemption letter, one will get exempt and the other one won't. One of them will be uh, exempt and the other one will be forced to comply. So I would love to know out of that 75, 80, 85% um, VAC um, experimental treatment rate in New York City, how many of those people took that willingly based on their own decision? It was made available and they decided to go just like the flu vaccine. How many of them did it like that? Like, you know what? Hmm, Walgreens is offering it for free. I think I'm going to take that. How many of them did it like that? How many of that 85% actually went in to take that vaccine like they would take a flu vaccine of their own volition, not um, based on employer reaction for fear of reprisal? I'd love to know that poll. That's actually a number I'm going to start looking into. This is very important because it's deeper and it's bigger than the treatment, the vaccine, Fauci, Wuhan labs, whether it was gain of function or not, whether it's bigger than that. It shows our fear, rationality, irrationality, how we turn on our citizens, how we look at each other, how we're able to binarily judge and abuse and misuse our citizenry. Soon there was going to be panels. I guarantee, I told my brother this. I was like, listen, you know what's going to start happening? People will start getting rewards for, 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 for uh, uh, turning in the unvaxxed. The fervor by which people were speaking of Pierce Morgan saying the selfishness of these unvaxxed taking up ICU beds. And now he's trying to walk all those statements back saying, I was pilloried for saying that. And he, and he thinks that the people that were admonishing him, certain individuals that admonished him for saying that uh, people who are unvaxxed should not be allowed in hospitals, he thought that those people were being unreasonable. But their voice wasn't loud enough because they, they weren't corporate voices. That was, it, weren't, it, weren't, it wasn't coming from advertisers. It wasn't coming from the government. It was coming from people on the street, rank-and-file people. So he treated them as if they were nothing. This has been about class. This has been about class compliance. Government, citizen, worker, employer, owner. That's what this has been about. Karl Marx once said, everything is a class struggle. And the more you break things down and look at life and examine our societal structure, especially in, 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 in the modern, in the West, you notice that you could almost, you can almost uh, uh, evaluate everything based on class struggle. People put, can add a racial element to it, et cetera, et cetera. But it comes down to class struggle. It comes down to it. So, you know, Like I said, guys, you guys demand an apology. I'm demanding an apology. So people out there, if anyone or some of my friends that are listening and going, "Uh oh, yeah, yeah, I'm coming for it. This holiday season, I'm coming for it. I I, want to hear it when we get on the phone and do the FaceTime thing because everybody has three, four days off from work and want to talk and yip yap and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, I'm going to need that. I'm going to need that. I'm going to at least need the June. You were right. If I can't get it, I'm sorry. I'm going to need a June. You were right. Sorry. You don't, you don't have to bend the knee, but I'm going to need that. Until next time.